Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun on a Friday. It's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The week is over. You made it, man. And it's going to be the greatest freaking show ever. Why? Man, the questions tonight from heavy to hilarious, from little Debbie snacks to turning the other cheek to being anti-Israel, but pro-Jew somebody is. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about Trump, Biden. There's an article out today about them undermining Clarence Thomas, the military. So much more. Oh, everything is going to be awesome tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. Now, I actually want to begin here with just a quick disclaimer before we move on. We're going to start with an Ask Dr. Jesse question five seconds into this, just because I want to make sure this is out there and everyone remembers it. Greetings, Mr. Meat. 
This Sunday, my dime is running the New York City Marathon. I am very worried that there might be some kind of terrorist attack like the Boston Marathon. Should I be concerned? Also, can you please play the Frito Bandito song for my 12-year-old son, Avery? Thanks for always speaking the truth and not just telling us what we want to hear. Says I can say his name. His name is Scott. So Scott, you and Avery, yeah, I'll get to Frito Bandito in a minute. But the New York City Marathon, should you run it? Should you not run it? Is there some kind of terrorist attack going to happen? Well, let me tell you something. There might be a terrorist attack. It's New York City. It's a marathon. Could be. Certainly could be. There could be one here. There, there could be one in my building. They just caught a Jordanian man who was loading up on rifles. He was going out to kill some Jews. There could be anywhere. You, me, anywhere. Your wife has worked her butt off to train to do one of the cooler experiences ever, and that's run a marathon in New York City. My wife ran a half marathon once in Washington, D.C., one of the great experiences of her life, around all the monuments and everything like that. You don't let dirtball terrorists govern your life ever, ever, especially when you don't have a specific threat in mind. Now, if you find out terrorists are uh, they're targeting movie theaters this weekend and they're planning on launching a big terrorist attack, and no, no, they're not doing that that I know of. Okay, maybe wait. Maybe wait till next weekend to go to the movies. Maybe this weekend to walk in the park instead of the movies. You don't make adjustments in your life based on jihadi murderous scum ever. Because that's the strength of a terrorist. Do you know, you know, it's not the dead bodies, right? Even 9-11, that horrible day. And I can't get that. I told you when we just got back from New York City, we went to the 9-11 Memorial Museum. I'd never been there while the museum was completed and had time to do it. So you finally had time to do it. I'll, I'll never forget it. The, one of those things every American should do. You should learn about that. But you know, even that day, you know that they didn't know the towers were going to fall, right? They didn't know they were going to kill 3,000 people. But even though they did, the strength of a small, murderous guerrilla force, whatever it is, is never in the lives they actually take. It's the fear they instill. That's why smaller rebel units almost always commit horrible atrocities. You know, women, kids, torture, things like that. Why? It's to ratchet up the fear in your life. Everyone's fearful. The Indians did this all the time. And I'm not, this is not an indictment on the Indians, who you know I'm a big fan of. But the Indians were famous for this. Groups like the Comanches and others, when they were attacking our troops, if, if they captured you, uh, there was a famous, there was a fa it was famously known, it was a line they would use when the, we fought the Apaches, who were famous for torture. You save the last one for yourself. If you're in a fight with the Apaches and it's going bad, you save the last round for yourself because you don't get captured by the Apaches or you will regret it. But that's part of the fear their numbers could never bring you. So atrocities make up for the lack of fear their numbers provide. That makes sense. You don't allow jihadis to control your life. Doesn't matter who you are. I said this because I know this is on people's minds. I get a bunch of emails like this. Should I avoid this? Should I avoid that? Yes, I believe there is going to be a terrorist attack, probably more than one in the coming times. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I believe that. 
no, I'm not adjusting a single plan. I have travel plans all over the place. I got to travel for Thanksgiving. I don't care. I'm not adjusting a thing. And if I happen to get blown up by some jihadi piece of crap, I'll see you in heaven. And actually, that brings me perfectly into this one. And no, Chris, Chris, Jewish producer Chris, he uh, gets worried when the rare occasions I get upset because, you know, I prefer to laugh and have fun. I very rarely yell and scream. And I don't I do that on purpose. That you should know. I don't need that in my life. And I don't think you need that in, in your life. I don't think that's fair to you. Just sit here and yell and scream all day long. That's freaking horrible. It's horrible to listen to. And when you're done listening to that, you're in a bad mood. And I'm in a bad mood. Whenever I've lost my temper, I end up in a bad mood. Now, lots of times it's warranted, but it's I don't make a habit of it. So actually, I'm not going to wait, raise my voice here, Chris, like you were worried about. I'm totally calm. But I'm going to read this email. This is just, there's a couple little boxes we need to check here. The guy said, well, first of all, the subject is done with you. That's the subject of the email. I've listened to you spew lies about turning the other cheek for far too long. My savior told me to turn the other cheek. So why would I listen to a two-bit radio jockey? If I get martyred for turning the cheek, then at least I know who I'll be with. If Christ followers were get on their knees, then maybe God would hear us. Problem is, not many actually follow Christ. Maybe one day you'll see the truth. I know if you read, I won't know if you read this, because I'm truly done listening to you. And he didn't say I can say his name, so I won't read it again, even the hate mail. Okay, first of all, let's address the back part first. I'm truly done listening to you. No, you're not. In fact, you heard me read your email in the opening of this segment, and right now, your heart's beating a little faster because you're kind of excited. Your email just got read on national radio and you're really excited about it. And the reason I know you won't leave is because you listen every day. You love the show. Maybe you even love, hate the show. You love the show so much that instead of just beep, 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 turning the radio dial or not downloading the podcast, you sat down to write me an email, a paragraph, actually. Nobody, guys, guys, ladies, let me tell you all something when it comes to relationships, something you probably already know, but maybe this would be helpful for the kids or something like that. Fellas, if she's still complaining about you, she's still into you. Ladies, if he's still dogging on you to all his friends, I'm so, she's so stupid. I'm so glad she's gone. He's still into you. It's when he stops talking about you. That's when he's truly moved on. When she stops talking about you, that's when she's truly moved on. Oh my gosh, I hate him. He's such a jerk. He's so mean. He's the worst. If he called that woman tomorrow, she'd be on her way over. All right. You wrote me an email because you love the show and you listen every day and you're listening now. If you were truly done, you would just move along. But since you're here, let's talk for a minute about turning the other cheek. I'm not going to sit here and preach to anybody and not you. I'm, I'm not qualified to do so. But let me ask you something. Turn the other cheek. Who are some of the great men of the Bible? Don't worry. You don't have to, you don't have to put them in order. Who are some of the great men of the Bible? Obviously, obviously, Jesus. Let's, let's, you know what? We can leave him in the conversation for now, but King David, Moses. Elijah, 
Chris, you even read the whole Old Testament. Am I, I'm sure I'm missing some here, but these are some. These, am I missing any? I'm, I'm sure I'm missing plenty, but these are big names, right? Okay. All right, well, let's just talk about that. Jesus. Huh. Did he spend all his time in the garden praying? Did he? Or did he get up and go kick over tables? Yeah, we'll set Jesus aside. Moses. Moses, he was called to save the Israelites and pull them out of Egypt. Did he just pray about it? Did he just spend all his time just on his knees, just praying and praying and praying? Or did he get up and go stand in front of Pharaoh and say, uh, let my people go or you'll regret it, pal? Elijah, he was a prophet. Did he spend all his time in a mountain cave praying? Or did he go stand in front of the cheek, in front of the priests, the evil ones, and mock them to their face and tell them they were all going to die because they served a false god? You do not follow actual Christianity. You follow feminized, Americanized Christianity to cover for your weakness and your cowardice. It's why your pastor gets up and gives a mealy mouse sermon every Sunday. Well, we're not Republicans or Democrats. We, we love everybody. No politics here. It's because you're not actually a Christian at all. You want to be. You want to be because it gives you a cover to be a coward, but you're not one. I hope you find Jesus one day. I'll pray for you. See, Chris told you I was not going to raise my voice at all. We are going to move on now and get on to politics, shall we? Preborn. Preborn, they want to save the lives of unborn babies. They are wonderful Christian people at Preborn. Did you know that? The CEO of Preborn, you know what he told me the day I met him, the day I shook his hand? I remember it like it was yesterday. You know what he told me? He said, I'm not the CEO of Preborn. You know who is? Jesus. That's what he said to me to my face. But it's funny. He does more than just pray about it. He goes out, opens up pro-life clinics finds these young women, gives them free ultrasounds so they can choose life. His clinics are firebombed. He goes through firebombing. Well, you're turning the other cheek at home. Go be the hands and feet as we are commanded to do and save a life while you're doing it. $28 to preborn helps them be the hands and feet. Buy the ultrasound that saves the life. Don't just pray about it. 28 bucks. Preborn.com slash Jesse. Preborn.com slash Jesse. It is the Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Oh, it is funny. I'm going to move on. We're getting on because we got to get on to politics. I'm actually going to do a little. There were a bunch of Israel Gaza questions from tactical things to Jewish things to Hamas things. I'm going to get to those here in just a second. Just one final thing on this. I just want to pray about it. I just want to turn the other cheek. My savior, turn the other cheek. Blessed be the Lord. My rock, who trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war. Did you miss that verse? Missed that one, didn't you? You know why you didn't? Because you're a gutless coward. That's why you didn't. You don't want to make war. You want to sit at home with the women. So go back there, all right? The rest of us are going to fight these commie scum. Now, let's move on.
because we have a few of these, and I'm going to, this is my, consider this, this is probably going to be your only Israel-Hamas section, so I balled them all up into one in a, on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, then we're going to move on to so many other things. Let's do this one. Hi, Jesse. Fairly new listener here. I'm loving your show. My question may be dumb, but please indulge. Why is the U.S. so adamant on sending aid to Gaza? Do we do that for our other enemies? Russia, Russia, for instance? I mean, I'm all for sustaining life, don't get me wrong. But do we do that for other enemies? I'm trying to understand. Well, trying to understand America's foreign policy is virtually impossible. And, and here's here's a big reason why. One, I want to lead with this before I start making it a partisan thing and we talk about the divisions in the country, which I'm going to get to for a moment. Before I do that at all, please understand that foreign policy is and has always been a messy bit of business. It has always been that way. We read history books and we, we learn history. I learn it like you learn it. And everything, because we're, we'll read a story, right? A history story. Uh, the Romans fighting the Germans, right? Something like that. And it's all so neat and clean. And you'll pick your side depending on where your biases are. I love the Roman, the modern Roman army, the juggernaut, or I love the plucky barbarians. And you'll pick your side. And historically, when you read a story like that, it's very neat and very, very clean. But the history of foreign policy is anything but neat and clean. One day, you're allied with the Germans. The next day, you're fighting the Germans. The next day, you're fighting with the Germans against an adversary you view as more important than the Germans. Then the next day, the Germans are attacking you from behind, and you look, oh my gosh, why did we ever work with the Germans? This is not an American, a uniquely American problem. Do you know, do you know one of the main influences in Genghis Khan's early life? China. Now, I don't expect you to know a ton about Mongol history or Chinese history, and I don't either. I'm, I don't want to sell myself as some expert, but I know a bit about a bit. Do you have any idea how many millions of Chinese people Genghis Khan is responsible for killing? This is pre-nuclear weapons and bombs and stuff. We're talking bows and swords and spears. Millions. He is responsible for wiping out entire dynasties in China. Gone. Full, you would call it genocide by any other name. The Chinese worked hand in hand for Genghis Khan, or with Genghis Khan for much of his life. And then eventually he raised up an army and went and killed millions of them. This is every single conflict in the history of the world, you end up fighting people you were friends with, friends with people you were fighting. Look, look at America today. We dropped two nuclear bombs on Japan. We vaporized. Forget about the nuclear bombs. I, I forget the number. It's It was virtually every major city outside of Kyoto in Japan. We vaporized all of them. The ones we didn't nuke, we just bombed them into, into dust. That's less than 100 years ago. That's 80 years ago. We did all this. Japan, they might be, in fact, they probably are, our most valuable ally in all of Asia today. We are 
tight with, with Japan. The 80 years ago, we were dropping nukes on them. We were friends with the Germans pre-World War I. Close friends. In fact, America was freaking German back then. We're, we're used to illegal immigration now being all people from der- terrorist states or people from Latin America. But pre-World War I, America was full of Germans, people who had come here from Germany. There were newspapers printed in America only in German. That's how much of a kinship we had with the German people. Foreign policy, and I'm going to go on to answer your question about Gaza and, and those things. Just bear with me a moment. From from an overall standpoint, from from thirty thousand foot standpoint, foreign policy is never simple. It is always a messy affair, one thousand percent of the time. All right. Now, why are we giving aid to Gaza? And a couple more of these questions about Israel, Hamas, and whatnot. Hang on. He doesn't care if you believe him. But he's right. Jesse Kelly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, you can email the show jesse at jessikellyshow.com jesse at jessikellyshow.com hi jesse just back to her question why are we so adamant on sending aid to gaza do we do that for other enemies okay well there are a bunch of different things with gaza when it comes to gaza why are we sending aid to gaza one as long as we're doing overarching i already covered the fact that foreign policy is always messy so let's set that aside let's also do this the West, I'm going to, I'm going to say the United States of America, but just when I say that, understand that this applies to the West. My Canadian friends, all, all our Canadian listeners, they'll, they'll hear this segment and they'll nod. They'll be like, Oh yeah, that's us too. That's because this applies to the West. I'll make it about America though, because these colors don't run crazy. You know, freedom is not free. <laughs> anyway, um, America has always been uncomfortable with conquest of any kind, always. You can go back and read countless things from our earliest times, how uncomfortable we were, frankly, even moving in here whenever we saw there were Indians, various Indian tribes here. And the the modern American communists will, of course, paint America as this place that just came and genocided all the Indians right off the bat. That's not the case at all. Did we conquer the Indians and take over America? Yes, I've never denied that. But this country was constantly hand-wringing over it. Even in the worst of times when there were horrible Comanche atrocities, they're, they're, they're tying people to wagon wheels and burning them alive. The worst stuff you can imagine, even then... About half the country thought, Man, I don't think we should take any more. Should we leave that to them? Okay, we can take a little more. Should we give them some more? Because of our Christian founding, because it was Christians who founded the country, America's been uncomfortable with taking things from other people. And then once they've taken things from other people, They've always been uncomfortable with that state of affairs, that they have something and other people do not. And it has resulted in horrible things here. You know how I, how I complain about half-conquest all the time? Look what we did to the Indians. You can say we were trying to be nice. Oh, here's a reservation there. Here's a reservation here. 
Have you ever been to an Indian reservation? Do you really think Indians are better off on the reservation now than they would be had they just been forced to assimilate into our culture? Oh, I realize that's going to get us hate mail. Remember, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I don't care. But have you been to an Indian reservation? They're a disaster. They're all over Montana. I've been to a million of them in Arizona, in Montana. I spent a bunch of time on them, construction work and whatnot. They are poverty, crime-ridden, drug- and alcohol-driven disasters. The human trafficking networks that take place on on reservation lands, uh, the young Indian girls who are being trafficked, it's a disaster. No one will speak about it because you're not well, everything has to be very nice and flowery for everyone other than the white man now. But they are a disaster. Is the daily life of the American Indian better because he's on a reservation than it would have been had he just been forced to assimilate? Half conquest, you see. Israelites, the Jews made the same mistake in Israel. I want this. I want this as the holy name. We're going to take it back. And they worked for it. They lobbied for it. They fought for it. They killed for it. They did all these things for it. And then in the end, okay, hey, you can have a little bit. Hold on. Just stay down there. You can have a little bit. How'd that work out in the end? You ended up butted up next to people who hate your freaking guts and have done nothing but rape and pillage and attack you ever since. Is it not only that? Forget about Israel. Forget about the Jews in Israel. Are the Palestinian people better off now than they would have been if the Jews had just taken the whole freaking thing? You know, Muslims live just fine in Israel. You know, the 25% of Jerusalem, I think 25% of the whole country is Muslim. Everyone who hasn't been there and doesn't understand the region, they think it's a big Jew versus Muslim thing. Muslims serve in the IDF. Muslims get along fine in Israel. Are the people in Palestine better off now than they would have been if Israel had just said, this is all ours. Leave or die. This is all ours. Leave, assimilate, or die. No, they did half conquest. And now they're dealing with the price of it. Now, why do we support Gaza? One... Along the lines of what I just said, they're looked at as the oppressed minority because it's poor and crappy and horrible there. And it is. We were just over there. Remember me, uh, Chris, Michael, a bunch of fans, the Jesse Kelly Show family. We all met up in Israel. We did a big tour over there. And I'm telling you what, it sucks. Palestine sucks. Not Israel. Palestine sucks. What, Chris? Is that not, is that not nice? It sucked. They have big tubs of water on the roofs of their apartments. And that's their two or three day supply. They only get water every two or three days. You gotta, you gotta conserve your water. Place sucks. It's horrible. We look at them and we feel bad. And so we pour money and aid in. Now, if you're asking specifically, why are we still pushing for Gaza? Because the latest news, I don't know if you saw from today. Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, I'm sorry, Anthony, I keep forgetting you dropped the H. Oh, just add the H in there. You're not special. Anyway, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, he met with Israel and he told them, hey, uh, I want to make sure we're getting fuel to the hospitals in Gaza. I want to make sure we are. uh, What about a ceasefire, a pause? They keep pushing this stuff out there. Now, that is a whole different animal. That, well, that goes along the lines of what Dome made an announcement about last night. For so night. many people in our nation, the past few days and weeks have brought about all too familiar fears. 
fears that they will be targeted, profiled, or attacked simply because of who they are, how they worship, or how they look. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. Jews looked around in America yesterday, and they were horrified. Democrat and Republican Jews. They looked and they said, wait a minute, hold on, what? All these anti-Semitic protests going on all over the world. Jews are getting beaten, stabbed. Getting all they, they're still firing rockets into Israel. In the Biden administration, they, they announced their, a, a council for Islamophobia. What? Well, that, including the Gaza aid, that goes to the more specific point we deal with here, and it's something we've talked about a lot. Remember something. The communist here in America. He actually doesn't care about any of the things he claims to care about. And you have to be aware that he's lying at all times. Domestically, he will tell you he cares about race, uh, the, the religion, tolerance, all these things. He doesn't care about any of that. None of that means anything to him. The same thing applies foreign policy-wise. He'll tell you, I, I care, I hate Russia, I love Ukraine, uh, I stand with Israel. Oh, wait, no, uh, I stand with... with Everything to a Democrat. The modern Democrat is the communist, remember. Everything to a Democrat is simply a political equation. Democrats are all of a sudden going all in on this, quote, Islamophobia thing because of the poll I brought up a few days ago. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday's show this week. There's an article. You don't have to go download the show. I mean, you can, but there's an article out about the drop in Arab support Democrats are suffering here. You see, Democrats have had a plan for the longest time to fill up this country with foreigners who hate the country because they know they'll vote Democrat because Democrats also hate the country. And that has been a reliable vote for Democrats for the longest time. So that, yes, give us all the refugees from everywhere. Just pour them in here because they know in the end it will work out for them. Well, they're seeing one of their main voting blocks go against them because of their support for Israel. So now they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. We stand with Israel, our friends, but uh, uh, be nice to the Muslims. And, and uh, the, they're trying to do that, straddle that fence. That's why they're like, oh, we got to aid Gaza, but also kill them all, Israel. That's what they're trying to do. As for you, you have bigger things to worry about. You need to worry about my meat. Free meat. In fact, you don't need to worry. I, I put that the wrong way. You need to embrace it. Right now, free meat for a year. Good Ranchers has a sale going on. This is a Black Friday offer. It's available now. It will not last. If you've been thinking about getting Good Ranchers, you know, meat, beef, chicken, seafood, whatever, delivered to your front door. If you've been thinking about it, now's the time. Top sirloin steaks, salmon fillets, chicken, bacon. You can you pick your preferred meat, and you will get it free for a year when you subscribe to a box. Here's what you have to do. You go to GoodRanchers.com and claim your year of free meat when you choose your box. But you have to use the code JESSE. GoodRanchers.com, code JESSE. That's 20 bucks off and your selection of free meat for a year. How about that? GoodRanchers.com, promo code JESSE. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com.
Com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I realized I read that email earlier and I promised Avery for his 12th birthday the Frito Bandito and never freaking played it. It's time, Avery. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandito. I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 oh, I am the Bandito. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Munch, 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 bunch of Fritos. Back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, you can email him still, whatever, love, hate, death threats, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Buenos tardes, oraculo. Or or oraculo or, 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 doesn't sounds Portuguese. I was wondering, did you on your recent trip to New York City? Do you have did you have a sit down with the suits, or to have a sit down with the suits? Did you or did you not partake uh, partake in a dirt water dog or two? Personally speaking, it would have been my first stop. Ah, uh, I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, visit New York City without eating dirt water dogs. And before you start emailing me, New Yorkers, screaming at me about how they never clean the water and, and all these, I know. In fact, pretty sure the wife got food poisoning from one last time. I know. I understand all the warnings. I don't care. I do, I do not walk by. I have a rule, actually. When I get to New York City, I will not walk by a hot dog stand as long as it has the Sabres. That's the brand, Sabres. It's, Chris, it's the blue and yellow, if you're ever there. Blue and yellow umbrellas is what you need to look out for. Sabres is the brand. You get the hot dogs, get whatever you want on it, but make sure you get the red onion sauce. It's like a red onion and ketchup mixture they put on there. Is that clean either? Absolutely not. Of course not. Is it fantastic? Yes, it is. It's the first place I go when I'm in New York City. Gosh, I love them so much. To the slightly less attractive than I, Shogun. I have a blue Kool-Aid consuming coworker that states they are pro-Palestine, but not anti-Jew, and that they are anti-Israel, but not pro-Hamas. How do you respond to someone who makes a claim like that? Okay, well, look, that region is, one, a very complicated region, one. Two, people don't understand because of the endless amounts of evil propaganda that's produced everywhere, they don't understand what is real and what is not. There are a million legitimate reasons to not be a fan of Israel itself. I personally, I like how they handle their business. I always have. You know that about me. I don't come at it from a, a different perspective other than I like how they hacked out a country from where they hacked it out of. And I like that if you start threatening them, they'll just go shoot you in the face. I like that kind of foreign policy. I enjoy it. I, I like how they handle their business. Plus, I love the history of the region. So I fully admit I have more of an affinity there. At the same time, I've been critical before of America 
having an Israel first foreign policy. I'll be honest with you. It bothers me now. It bothers me that we got a new speaker of the house and on his opening speech, he said, we have to get together and help Israel. Okay. Well, I'm on Israel's side. And even I think that's freaking ridiculous for the U.S. Congress to focus on Israel right now. We got our own problems right here at home and a lot of them. And we don't have any money. But there are people who flat out do not like Israel. They don't like them at all. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. Your friend doesn't have to be, your friend doesn't have to like Israel. Your friend doesn't have to like Jews. I happen to have come up around a lot of them. I'm friends with a lot of them. So uh, there's a natural affinity there for me. To be honest with you, I enjoy their traditions. Uh, their food's garbage, but I enjoy their traditions. It is, Chris. Don't defend your food. Don't. Do- yeah, it is. Yes, it is. The food's garbage, but I enjoy their traditions. Uh, I, I just, I like them. But I know people hate Jews too. I understand that. Maybe you hate Jews. I'm sure we'll show up to a bunch of emails. And now nah, Jews are the demon. And I understand that. I understand that. What people don't understand about Palestine is this. Hamas is supported by the people overwhelmingly. Now, it's not universal. Of course, I'm sure there are all kinds of Palestinians who don't want to live underneath a terrorist organization. Think, look, think how bad our government is. Think what it would be like to have Hamas. <laughs> That's your Congress. That's your president. That would suck, right? My point is with your coworker. He might be stupid. A lot of people are. He might be ill-informed. Most people are. Be merciful with other people when it comes to foreign policy things right now because there are so many lies thrown around endlessly a lot of people don't know what to think. They think what their friends think. They think what their they don't understand things. I'll tell you something that I've been lamenting. Uh, you you've heard me complain about this about the Russia Ukraine conflict forever. And right now, I'm complaining about it too. I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday about the Israel invasion of Gaza. I hate it that I cannot get accurate on the ground information of what's happening. Not propaganda. No, 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 not your emotions. Not emoting. I'm done emoting. I don't, I don't do emoting. That's what other people do. I want to know what's working. What's not? Are we running into mines? What, what's happening with, uh, this missile system? What's happening with this missile defense system? We just had a bunch of Israelis get blown up, uh, in an armored personnel carrier because the trophy system on the vehicle failed. Why did it fail? Do the, do the Palestinians have a rocket? They can have it. You see, these are the things I want to know. And I can get none of this information because all I get is emotions from everybody. Just emotional at all times. I want to know what's going on on the ground. And you can't ever get that information. And that frustrates me. All right. Anyway, moving on because we have so much we need to get to on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's do this. That was a lot of talk about terrorism and all these other things. And remember how we opened up and we talked about how we don't allow these people to govern our lives. You don't cancel this. You don't cancel that. Well, Part of our part of our strength is the fact that we recover when we are attacked, not because of the government, because we help each other recover as a community, as a community of Americans who love this country. I love Tunnel to Towers because Tunnel to Towers rose when the towers fell, because when when first responder families were hurting. And they just lost dad or they just lost mom. And then Gold Star families are hurting. Tunnel to Towers was there for them. 
in their darkest hour, and they still are helping people, helping injured veterans, helping widows, kids. Your $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers, it's helping our people. Go to T, the number two, T.org. Help our people, all right? T2T.org. Go give to Tunnel to Towers. we still got two hours left. What do they mean by modernization? Next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.